Welcome to the podcast by Kevin MD, brought to you by the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience. Ambient intelligence augments human capabilities to make our lives easier. The applications are many, especially in healthcare. Ambient clinical intelligence is offsetting the most pressing challenges in healthcare today, such as burnout, physician shortages, physician and patient dissatisfaction, and underperforming financial outcomes by applying the technology to clinical documentation. The Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX for short, utilizes artificial intelligence and natural language processing to automatically document care. It securely listens to and captures the natural clinician-patient encounter conversation unobtrusively and turns that conversation into a clinical note for the clinician's review and signature directly in the electronic health record. You just talk naturally, and DAX does the rest. DAX is being used by thousands of physicians across 30 different specialties nationwide. It has already won the Silver Stevie Award in the healthcare technology category and was ranked number one for improving clinician experience in classes top 20 emerging solutions. To learn more and see DAX in action, visit nuance.com slash DAX in action. That's nuance.com slash D-A-X-I-N-A-C-T-I-O-N to learn more. And now, on to the show. From Kevin MD, I'm Dr. Kevin Poe, and this is the podcast by Kevin MD. Welcome to the podcast by Kevin MD, the only daily medical podcast where we share the stories of the many who intersect with our healthcare system but are rarely heard from. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Poe. Hi, and welcome to the show. Subscribe at kevinemmy.com slash podcast and get CME for this episode by clicking on the CME link in the show notes. Today, we welcome Anjani Mahabashia. She is a physician advisor. Her Kevin MD article is titled, The Art of Compassionate Leadership During Employee Turmoil. Anjani, welcome to the show. Hi, Kevin, and hi, everyone. Thank you for having me here today, Kevin, and thank you for creating this wonderful platform. I've heard many of the episodes and the remarkable journeys of many people, who are, which are quite inspirational. It gives you hope. It gives you some direction. It gives you some tips and tricks. Uh, you remember things and you're like, you know what, if they did it, I can do it too. So thanks for creating this beautiful platform. It's for healthcare providers. And I'm amazed how many healthcare providers are coming out and telling their stories and humanizing, you know, uh, the, the things that they are going through, the journeys that they are going through. So that's very, very remarkable of what you're doing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm looking forward to hearing your story and journey. So let's start yeah. there. So I was born in India and I would start with the reason why, why did I want to become a physician in the first place? I was very attached to my father and I lost my father when I was 12 years old to a medical illness. And the pain that I was going through, I didn't want anybody else to experience that pain. And at that tender age, I decided I wanted to become a doctor and I stuck to it. And I worked every, I worked very hard and planned everything in my life in order to achieve that dream. And I became a physician. I went to med school in India. I did a part of my clerkships in the United States and went to residency in Michigan, after which I practiced for three years in Iowa. I was in a waiver position after which 
I shifted to another job, which was again a hospitalist in Pennsylvania. And one year into that job, so this was about approximately four years after my residency, I was uh, injured on the job. I fell in the uh, hospital and uh, I did not think that, you know, it would be such a long recovery. One thing kept adding to another. And uh, eventually I obviously couldn't perform the duties of a hospitalist, which are pretty much on your feet 12 hours a day, seven days, sometimes longer stretches. I couldn't do that anymore. So after six months of wait, the hospital obviously had to like replace me with another provider. And uh, I had to find something that fit my physical ability in a very compressed timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, I was going through obviously, you know, that the whole complexity of the transition was just unbelievable. <laughs> and I pivoted to physician advisor during that process without knowing what it is. And now I'm a physician advisor. I'm exactly three years, September 2020, I was offered this role and we are here September 2023. So that's where I am. I'm a physician advisor. All right. So tell us, so for those who aren't familiar, what exactly yeah. is a physician advisor? So physician ad- advisor, let's see, you know, it's a bridge role. It's a role, it's a uh, partly administrative role, which is forming a bridge between leadership and the physicians uh, and a bridge between the hospital and the insurance companies and a bridge between the other um, entities in the hospital, let's say revenue management or CDI. Each hospital has a particular way their physician advisor is laid out, but this is mainly a bridge role where you're facilitating that flow of healthcare. It's more on the business side of healthcare where you're understanding what are the compliances, you know, how is how is hospital paid, what is the right status to keep the patient in, and uh, how do you utilize resources to optimize that care. It's, it's more like a value-based care and sticking to the insurance uh, companies and their own expectations and Medicare rules. So you have to pretty much know everything. It's fluid. It keeps changing all the time. So you have to definitely update yourself with what's going on around you. All right. Let's talk about your Kevin MD article titled The Art of Compassionate Leadership During Employee Turmoil. Now tell us, how did your article come together? I spoke about my journey on many platforms and I wanted to, you know, pen my thoughts too. Sometimes it's good to write things as well. And that's how this article, you know, I wrote it and I sent it to you and you're kind enough to like, you know, accept it. So thank you for that. A lot of people read it and, you know, I I really felt that was one of the ways we could reach out to people, not only podcasts, sometimes people connect to what you write. Sometimes people uh, are able to connect to what we speak. I think there are different channels of communication uh, that we can use to tell our story. So that's how the article came uh, together. I think with my journey, the leadership mattered the most because my transition was not just the transition of titles where one day I decided, okay, from hospitalist, I'll become a physician advisor. It was a very, very complex transition. And I was totally heartbroken when I lost my position because I am, I just cannot tell you how good my former boss is. Her name is Dr. Bradley. I was in a fantastic team of hospitalists. And to lose that, you know, I didn't expect that that something like that would happen. Yeah. And she was very compassionate to step out of her boss's shoes to listen to me for an hour. You know, to I, I was crying, I was bargaining, I was in denial, I was angry. I was I went through all those phases and to just be with me for that one hour. I just remember one thing that she said, which stuck to my soul in that one hour. She said, 
everything happens for a reason and you will know it one day and three years later Kevin I'm very happy where I am you know with my with my job with everything around me so I think as a leader showing that you know pathway to somebody who was really struggling was uh, very essential to me at that point because I was walking into uncertainty I didn't know how my current boss would be I didn't know what team I was walking into I did not know the place the system nothing and when I first met my current boss he waited for me as soon as I got down the shuttle he was actually waiting for me he drove down just to meet me and as I mentioned in my article he saw me on the crutches he smiled at me and he slowed down his pace to walk with me he never made me feel rushed to you know catch up and walk faster so I think those little things really stayed with me I could never forget how I was treated in the initial transition phase because obviously I had to change um, all the healthcare providers it was a very complex transition so giving time to the employee for that complex transition and adjusting to their human side as well was very critical at that time and my first year was very rough because I was going through a lot of pain still in the job but because of the leadership, I was able to learn on the job, everything on the job. I learned from everybody, from the UM nurses, from my colleagues, from revenue management, from other systems. Everybody were contributing to my growth. And that was very critical at that point. And I, I don't know, like it just evolved. It was, I always say that leadership is pretty much like parenting, right? Like kids are not always going to be the same. They have their good days. They have their bad days. They have yeah. their worst days. Creating that safe environment where the kid feels that I can come and tell you something, you know, if it's it's a bad day for me. So I think for my current boss, he always created a safe space for me where I could tell I am in too much pain today, you know, or I need a mental break. I think that communication was both ways. It it flew, it, the communication flow was so easy. And I think as a leader, you have to take that first step, right? You know, because you are in the position of power and I should be welcomed into that kind of space where then I can uh, start my communication process. So it's been such a beautiful journey with such great leaders. And I want to emphasize that that's very critical to create that safe space for somebody who's struggling. And you you might just bring out really great things out of the employees if you create that safe space. Because in my first year, Kevin, all that I wanted was I wanted to just take care of my pain and protect my my career, right? Like yeah. that that's the dream I saw since age 12. And in the second year, I saw I was expanding. I got involved into community. I got involved into a nonprofit. I started doing projects in the system. And the third year, I'm growing more and more. So also leadership is in em- empathy and leadership also allows you to adapt to your employee. You know, the first year, all my boss had to do was support me through my uh, you know, pain and journey. Now he's supporting me as I'm growing. And you know, like recently, I was appointed for board of directors for American College of Physician Advisors. When I said I want to apply, he said, go for it. And I, I was selected. So I think the transition, he saw me grow, just like a parent sees their child grow. Sure. He saw me grow in these three years. And I think that credit should definitely go to such wonderful leaders who allow you to grow, who support you during your rough times, your good times, bad times, and and see what happens. And this is really for all the administrators out there to provide support and see how much a person can grow under your umbrella. 
Now, I'm sure as a physician, you have worked with many leaders before. Now, this mm-hmm. particular compassionate leadership, as you wrote in your article, do you think that's atypical of healthcare leaders today, or do you think that's relatively common? Oh, unfortunately, it's not common. I think we all get quite caught up in uh, numbers and uh, the perfection. And, you know, I think it's everything is important. I deal with numbers all the time. I'm dealing with data all the time. But I also make sure that the human humanity or the human aspect of it is not taken away, which is why I think when you read an email, you're not really trying to like respond to the data question of it, but adding a little bit of humanity. Okay, are you not well? You know, I hope you get better soon. But this is what I want in the agenda. So I think those are the things that I have made sure I do it time and again. And I don't think it is really existent, but we all have to like make conscious effort. It's very intentional. Now, after this compassionate leadership that you observed made such a difference on you, How did that affect your leadership style? Because like you said, Mm -hmm. as a physician, that inherently is a position of power. So how did this leadership that you experienced, how did it influence your own leadership? Thank you so much for that, Kevin. Again, I think every relationship requires empathy. It's not just at work or in a position. I think you can touch any person and, you know, help them uh, feel understood and heard and they will walk with you you can bring people you can seal deals just by understanding anybody's perspective i think that has helped me i I will just give you a couple of examples when i picked up that amount of warmth and compassion from my boss and he actually made me the chair of um committee in my second year of my journey so when i'm running the meeting at the end of the meeting i pick one person in the team and i appreciate the person if they have gone like out of their way to do something i think you know like appreciation and make i mean showing them that you know their work is seen uh, those things i have somehow naturally like developed and sure. i do that and the person whom i'm picking doesn't know i'm going to pick that pick them that month and they're so happy you can hear them on the meeting you know like most of the times i think because we're really remote all the time it's yeah. it's you have to make that extra effort to catch somebody's tone of voice uh, it's difficult to know what somebody is going through in emails so i think making that effort is something that i learned from my boss and uh, i i take every opportunity we're not perfect sometimes you know i do miss things but when i realize i miss something i was not empathetic or i missed a chance i go back and you know i correct it i i definitely make sure that i do that If I realize, yeah. So when you say that empathy is such a huge part of leadership, give us an example of what kind of questions can we ask our team members to to really ensure that empathy comes across? What are are some questions we can ask? What, what, What are some specific things that healthcare leaders can better do to show that empathy? I would say, you know, is there anything I could do to help you perform better? Or, you know, is there anything I can do to help you elevate your own idea? I think whenever this role requires a lot of pitching of ideas in order to like smoothen the healthcare system. I've observed that my boss always says, if he is not really particularly uh, excited about an idea, he would give me the why. So I think those are the things very critical, you know, like 
when you're turning down an idea, you always have to explain why so that that person comes back to you with another idea. Like that, that's, those are those really little things that I picked up on him with, uh, from him and uh, definitely asking what is something that I can do to help you grow. We're talking to Anjani Mahabashia. She is a physician advisor. Her Kevin MD article is titled The Art of Compassionate Leadership During Employee Turmoil. Anjani, tell us some of your take-home messages that you want to leave with the Kevin MD audience. So, Kevin, let's do something different here. Instead of a take-home message, I would ask a question to all your audience. How would empathy change your life for the better? How would it change? Would it make you a better partner, a better parent, a better leader? How would it change? And there was a beautiful story uh, in one of your uh, podcasts. Her name is Dr. Chloe Lee. Mm. She is a medical student who went through a lot of partner abuse. When you listen with empathy, that video, the first half, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm normal too. I'm thinking, kid, what are you doing? You know, like you're so smart, so beautiful. But then when she goes into the part where she talks about hope. She talks about manipulation. She talks about shame. That's when you understand why she was stuck in that relationship. And that is empathy. When you understand how to like listen and understand another person's perspective, it just increases your worldview. It increases, it elevates your own life. So it makes your life better. So that is why empathy is so important. Anjani, thank you so much for sharing your story, time, and insight. And thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you, Kevin. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the podcast by Kevin MD. To share your story and appear on the show, visit kevinmd.com.